Hello and welcome to The Shakedown, an F1 and motorsports learning podcast. My name's Ellie and along with Moni and Hannah, we are here to learn about F1 and hopefully many other motorsports series too. This is our first episode, F101, covering some of the basics of F1, which we recorded just after the Azerbaijan Grand Prix in Baku and before the Miami Grand Prix. If you've got any questions or want to get in touch, you can find us on Instagram at PrettyGirlF1Club and on Twitter at PGF1C. Or you can follow us on TikTok at PGF1C. But for now, enjoy listening and we're excited for you to learn alongside us. Well, hello, good morning, good evening, good day, whatever time of day it is that you are listening to this. Um, and welcome to episode two of The Shakedown. Um, I'm Ellie. I'm Hannah. I'm Monica. And we are taking you through a journey of learning and finding out so much more about Formula One, Formula Two, IndyCar, many other racing series, um, and just learning along together. So if you haven't already listened to our first episode, that does some of the basics of um, F1 so far. And we're going to basically pick up where we left off and carry on through things we've already covered. If you didn't listen to the first episode, um, is we've covered uh, like the, the format of a race weekend, the number of teams, the number of drivers, and some of the like flags and things like that that you might see during an episode so we are going to dive straight back into it where are we picking up i think we're going to start with tires my favorite (laughs) they've been the topic of conversation haven't they they really really have so Hmm? go for it okay so i'm still very much learning tires and honestly I know nothing other than there's different types and it depends on like, I guess, how long you want them to last for a race. And that's pretty much, oh, and I guess that there's weather specific ones and it comes to like wet versus dry for like conditions. And that's pretty much where my knowledge ends on tires. Not going to lie. Okay. What I know about tires, let me try what I know. There are seven different types of tires. You've got your wet tires, which are blue ringed because it's rain and your green tires which are your inters and then you've got five different types of c tires which you pick three from for a race so that's the the c is for compounds and you've got ranging from hard compound which i want to say is the c1 to Mm -hmm. c5 which is the softest tire now you'll get three of those depending on the track Um, And that's usually to do with things like the track type, the temperature in the place, and basically how quickly the tire will degrade. There's for a race weekend, you get hard tires, which are white ringed. You get medium tires, which are yellow ringed, and you get soft tires, which are red ringed. And that's about where my knowledge ends. Okay, so you're correct. There are actually now eight types of tires. Hmm. Wild. What's the new one? So I went to the Pirelli website um, because I was curious to see if we were going to miss anything because, you know, I forget everything. There are slick tires and you're right. It's the compound tire, which there are now C0 through C5. Okay. According to the Pirelli website, since 2022, the tires have been wide, have a wider working range than their 13 inch predecessor, improving the warm warm up phase. As a result, overheating is limited and the degradation is reduced. However, innovation ne- never stops. In 2023, a new C1 compound has been created. Mm-hmm. Pirelli provided three different compounds of slick tire as well as the intermediate and full wet tire for teams to utilize over a race weekend. There are six slick compound tires, 
within the range numbered from zero to five from the hardest to softest. These are known as C0 to C5 with a C compound, C standing for compound. Now, according to this website, the C0 tire is last year's C1 tire. Mm. So which would be the hardest one from last hardest, year? So yes. Essentially, they've sort of added like a super soft a bit further down the line. So the C5. No, they've added a now. super hard. They've added, they've added, they've added um uh intermediate, they've added a 1.5. Let's put it that uh, way. Okay. Okay. That makes Good. sense. Now, here's the thing. Most people, if you're watching a race and you start talking about tires, everyone goes, oh, yawn, tires are so boring. But the reality is they're also really, really important. So what are the important things to know about tires in terms of like speed, heat, those kind of things? So your fastest tires would be your softest tire. That would be in, if you're talking about the whole range, C0 to C5, your C5 is going to be your fastest tire. But it's going to last the shortest amount of time. Aha. Then you have your C0s and C1s. It's your hardest tire, but it's going to last, but, but it's going to be slower. It's going to be the slowest tire too, but it's going to last the longest amount of time. So it's kind of like a, where do you balance? Now you might be asking, well, why don't they just run all on medium tires? The reason exactly. they don't run on medium tires. The reason they don't do that is because they are required to make one pit stop at least and one tire change. You must use two compounds of tire during a race unless you are doing a full, unless it is a full wet race. Then you do not need to change the compound. So, and also a pit stop. I don't think a pit stop is required. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, in a wet race, I don't know. Great. Well, question. Isn't it, wasn't it? Isn't it pit stop required? Because isn't that why Esteban wanted to? The pit lane. In a dry race, I think, yes, I think it was a, a wet race. situation. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I think it was a wet that. race, and you had to only use, well, you could only use wets. Not that they let them race in wets anyway, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, would you have to still do a pit stop if you were just going to change to a new set of wets? What are the um, which is a great question. Um, because I remember back in 2021, was it Esteban who ran all 58 laps on the same set of tires? Uh, Alex did in, in Turkey in uh, I don't know about that I don't think I watched that one but Alex did all but the like pitched on the last lap in Australia 2020 yes but that was the a dry situation hard. yeah that was a dry situation and um, Turkey 2021 I can't remember if that was before it was after spa but it was it that was a wet situation where they had wet tires on and I remember Esteban ran the entire race but he had a huge welt in his tire so they were yeah. surprised the tires survived. There you go. Um, Fair enough. So what tires would you want to use for things like qualifying? Most. You'd want to use your fastest tires, really, wouldn't you? Right. But you also want to preserve the, what tires you have. You have to choose carefully. The entire weekend is a strat- strategic challenge. You're only allocated a certain amount of tire of each tire for each driver. So you can't okay. use... If you have a fresh set versus a used set or a scrubbed set, the scrub set's going to be slower, no matter what, sure. because it's already got, you know, it's already been used. Um, the fresh set is going to be faster. It's going to be grip, grippier. It's going to be just overall better. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of think about how many tires do I have left? What did I use in my practice sessions? What did I use? What can I use in my qualifi- qualifying sessions where I still have stuff left for the race? Mm-hmm. And to get results out of my race, so mm-hmm. you'll see a lot of pe- a lot of drivers will set 
they'll use a medium tire. They'll use a medium tire for Q1 and Q2, and they'll probably use, if they have the allocations left, they'll use a soft tire for Q3. Yeah, to try and get the fastest lap because right. softs are fastest. The higher the better. And, and then and I actually found out, I think something last episode that I was looking at, I think I saw something that said that the tire that they set their fastest lap on is actually what the pole position is supposed to look like. So, uh, so say they had set it on mediums, it would, it would be, be a yellow tire. That yellow tire that Lewis Hamilton's jumping into in his ball pit. Yeah. It's yellow rings. Who knew? Granted, so, we, I don't think we've seen that because I think all of the fastest laps have been on red tires in recent years. But hypothetically, if one was on inters, because I feel like Kevin Magnussen's pole in Brazil last right. year might have been on inters. And so he might have got a green ringed pole. Maybe. Thing, because the green tires. What are inters? Hmm? What are inters? There you go. They so, are. You will do a better job of explaining that. I mean. Oh, I'm just going to look at the Pirelli website. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, so intermediate tires are the most versatile rain tires. They are a rain tire. They do have tread. The thing to kind of note is that wet tires have tread. They have grooves to kind of dispel the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they run better when you hit puddles. So you'll okay. see drivers kind of looking for puddles to dip their car, dip their tires in so the tires don't overheat. Because once the tires, the wet tires overheat, they die. They did. Mm, okay. And um, a lot of the time yeah. you don't really see the wet tires out though, do you? Because if it's so wet, chances are it is raining and you won't get good enough racing conditions that the race wouldn't be red flagged. So most you don't of the often... Go really slow, yeah. Or you're gonna say so most of the time if it's a wettish race or there is rain on track, you're probably seeing inters rather okay. than wet tires because wet would be like it is currently and presently raining. Like it's the sort of tire where like you need your windscreen wipers on, whereas inters is maybe like it rained last night and the ground is wet. Okay. So yeah, according to the Pirelli website, the difference is inters can be used when there is when it's wet on track with no standing water as well as drying surface. So as the surface dries, it's a kind of, it's a wet to dry okay. interchange um, that you might Inches. use. So like if, it, if it's soft, right. If you, if it's, if it started, if the race started and it's raining and then mm-hmm. it stops raining and things start to dry out, that's when you would go from wets to inters to slicks. Okay. okay we okay. saw this, we saw this in Russia in 2021 um, yeah. with Lando where he didn't want to go back to inters. Poor Lando. Poor Lando. The full wet tire is what it's officially called, which is blue, um, is the most effective for heavy rain, capable of dispelling impressive quantities of water. That's a quote from the website right there. Impressive quantities like, of water. <laughs> but then, like, you're not going to be racing in those conditions. Right. But if it rains Not often, visibly anyway. rather than grip, uh, rather than visi- visibility, rather than grip causes issue. Isn't that like what happened uh, with Suzuka last year? Like the visibility yeah. of the tire spray? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even Monaco last year, I think they started on wets. They did. And then it was the change because it rained like loads of the, the start race start was really delayed. And they started on wets and then there was all the drama for Charles around pitting for that. He'd already pitted for inters and then to pit him onto slicks, they got the pit stop a bit messed up. It was very sad. Um, But that was a race that they did start on wets. 
um, because it had rained so heavily. Like it was like a full deluge, like literally five minutes before the race was supposed to start. So um, yeah, wet ties you don't see okay. that often. And there's a lot of people who would be like, what's the point of having a wet tire if we're not going to use it to race in? But I think a lot of the racing around wet conditions is more about visibility than it is about like with the spray and actual raining than it is about whether or not the tire is suitable to go around on a track yeah and going back to like what we talked about last episode if you see a wet tire you're gonna see a red flag yeah very soon um the point and you say wet tire it's still raining you're gonna see what a red flag very soon um but according to the pirelli website the actual reason to have these tires is if there is standing water on the track and it's not raining um it's meant to increase the resistance from aquaplaning which can basically ruin somebody's race like yep. that so um that's pretty much it they you know you're not going to see them a lot they don't get used a lot and i'm not i kind of want to look up and see if they're a one-use tire or you can actually reuse them because the tread is not something that you can slice i get like scrape off you know how like mm. when like after a race they'll scrape yeah. off oh, and they'll so you know do that stuff so satisfying so um when we're done look up or i'll send you a video of it is they basically scrape off all of the rubber that's been collected by the tire oh it's so so cool to watch so i know where i'm watching that work when i'm bored my boss is looking (laughs) to this i am actually doing what i need to do not just looking at tires. yeah looking at tire um okay so for the compounds like c zero to five those the ones used every race changes depending on the track right like it's not the same ones okay pirelli decides and releases a let's call it a graphic and all the information with the graphic about what tires will be offered during um the race that's coming up they usually release it about two races in advance as i've been noticing um maybe that's wrong but i've been noticing that it's basically been popping up about two races prior to the race that they're talking about and like basically they pick three and i think they are always consecutive so like yes two three four or like zero one two and i i think please correct me this is wrong the hotter the climate the higher the numbers likely to be honestly i don't know i i've never the something i've never noticed it's kind of just been like oh yeah they chose this because this one has high turns high tire day yeah i've always done i've and this is this could be wrong i have always assumed it was related to things like air temperature track temperature um and therefore i don't know it probably is it would make sense because then it might not make sense because surely you'd want the colder harder tires if they would naturally degrade faster because of the heat and you'd want the hotter tires that heat up faster if it was a slightly less warm race I don't know. You could argue it either way. I'm sure there's some rationale. Maybe there is. It's it is like you say more to do with like the turns on the track, the type of track, um, and stuff like that. I guess I just so, assume. <laughs> so according to the Formula One website, um, it says that the that Pirelli picked three compound tires used at each Grand Prix, taking into account track characteristics and climates. So you're right. Both. That's you track characteristics and climate well there you go we're uh, all the hardest to be chosen for venues where the tires are generally subjected to a greater demand 
and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I'm learning so your street tracks harder. potentially would be your harder tires. Harder tires, yes. Okay. Because they're typically more something like Jeddah with like I think it's got the most corners on the track, like twenty three corners would probably be. Jeddah's got twenty seven. Twenty seven. Mm. Jeddah's got twenty seven. I do not like that track. I don't know do what it not? is. People love that track. I don't like it. I well, okay. So I love to not like it. I you tell it remember them approving that track literally 12 hours before cars were due to be on it and i found out through a story that ollie caldwell posted and he was doing a track walk was it ollie Caldwell? it must have been ollie caldwell because i think he was the only one maybe it wasn't him it was an f2 driver he was doing a track walk and he was like it just got approved and it was literally midnight jetta time that doesn't sound safe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jeddah, there's a few things about safety over there that maybe we won't get into. But no, I don't um, think so. Because I could go on for <laughs> hours about that, and that's just not good. Um, <laughs> but no, maybe not up there with my favorite tracks. Um, but yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? How there's a lot of factors that they must have to take into consideration to pick which tires are available for the weekend. Um, and yeah it's it's fascinating it's super interesting uh i i've learned a lot about things that i did not know on terms of how they and also doesn't the type of i guess this goes into our next little topic does it the type of tires available for the race play into the pit stop strategy because it's like yes. one stop versus two stop or whatever and all that fun jazz yeah okay so but what is a pit stop first things first monica okay. go on tell us I what mean, a pit stop is. other than me thinking of cars uh little good old guido going pit stop <laughs> and that was like yeah. my, and that was literally uh, my reference to pit stops for the longest time which is pit stop in the words of guido uh, from like i like at least i guess from my very short motorsport fandom of like indycar nascar and f1 it's just one it's for strategy of like how you're gonna run the race and like we're gonna go change tires if need be or an F1, like if there's damage to the car that you can fix in the pit stop. So like a front wing change and all that fun stuff, you do it then. And like, it has to be really fast, which I was very amazed by. It's like Red Bull does it under two seconds, I think, or something like that, depending. And it's like wild because it's like they do everything they need to do in that time. And it's like, I was watching it with my dad and me, my dad, my dad's like, oh, like that was slow for Red Bull. And it was like 2.1. And I'm like, <laughs> and so any other thing. There's now a rule that the pit stops cannot be shorter than two seconds. Wow, Thanks. really? Wow. Yeah. Since when? I, since last season. I think no season. Because they got 1.8 last year at some right. point. I, why think, I don't know why they did this, but there's literally, like, you have to trigger a light now. Oh, it's okay. like, you oh. have to trigger a light and it, your, your pit stop cannot be shorter than two seconds. And you have to trigger, you have to turn this light green. It's red when the driver drives up and it's right. hanging over their head. Now you're going to notice it. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Now you're going to notice it. It's hanging over the car. And once the, once the driver, once the pit stop crew is done, it'll turn green. If okay. you have to like if two seconds. Is green. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So we were saying earlier, pit stops are mandatory. Yes. Um, so because they have to use two different tire compounds in the, they're in, the race. in the feature race yeah in the in like we're talking about race conditions yes um they are on a normal race weekend we're not touching sprints at the moment we'll do a whole separate episode on sprint races um 
but they have to do a pit stop because they have to change the tyre. So my question was, are there certain times of the race where it's better to do a pit stop than others? Wouldn't Absolutely. It oh, go ahead, Hannah. No, go for it. I was saying, like, wouldn't it just depend on, like, do I fully understand what these terms mean? No, but I kind of do. It's like undercutting and overcut. Like, isn't that just depending on, like, where you are in the race and, like, what you think you the people around you are going to do and how you feel like your tires are doing and all that? So undercuts and overcuts are a strategic move. Okay. I think what the answer to your question, Ellie, is it would it, you lose about, I think the average, correct me if I'm wrong, the average time lost in a pit lane over the course of the race calendar is about 19 seconds. Oh, I had 23 in my head, but. 23, 23 is a good number. I feel like it's either, it's. I, I feel, feel like, like 19 is like, what is the shortest and 30 some, 31 is the longest. I forget which track right. has the longest pit. But essentially, it's around that kind of amount right. of time. Like Basically, you've you be, lose a lot of time. You lose a you lot, lose of time. lot of time and you you drop a lot of places. Like that's going to mm-hmm. happen. Um, but it all sorts itself out because everybody's got a pit, right? Exactly. So if everybody's got to lose 20 seconds at some point, in theory, you would make it back up again. What are the scenarios in which it is more beneficial to pit? So you can get cheap pit stops under a safety car or mm-hmm. a yellow flag. Yellow flag is like you're not really gaining, you're not really gaining any advantage off of it. But like the cars are going slower through a sector, but they're but not. So are you. But so are you. So it's not mm-hmm. like you're losing any time they're still going at a slower speed so they're not completing the lap as fast but you're under a virtual safety car yeah under would you know under a yellow flag under a right okay we're just talking yellow flag right yellow flag or a virtual safety car i guess is the kind of the the thing is the yellow flag like you said it's isolated in the last episode Mm -hmm. you said it was isolated so there's only one sector that's slowing down there's still an advantage being gained there because you still have to reduce your speed in one part of the lap a virtual safety car, again, you're not really gaining an advantage off of it because you're all going the same speed. But surely you'd gain a little bit because obviously there's pit lane limiters in terms of speed right. and that wouldn't change. So say you have to say you're going at 200 kilometers per hour and then you have to drop 40 percent. That would take you to 120 kilometers per hour. And the maximum you can go in the pit lane is, I think, 80. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. miles per hour or kilometers per hour. It depends on um, the, it depends on the track. Sometimes that's devastating okay but either way you'd still be able to go that fast so maybe you'd gain like a few seconds under a virtual safety car but i'm guessing what you're going to say is under a safety safety car a full safety car when everybody's bunching up it makes strategic sense to do a pit stop then because right so you'll kind of hear and you you heard george do this and he got very very lucky last year in miami he went over the radio and he said let's wait and see what happens and he got a safety car when Lando and Pierre hit each other okay um and he got a cheap pit pit stop I think it dropped from it went it dropped from some like mid 20 seconds to about 13 seconds I think you usually gain about 10 seconds out of the stop like it's a 10 second difference yes um whatever your starting number was you're still going to drop a few places, but you're not going to drop as many yep. places as you were. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the free pit stop. Free pit stop happens when 
there's a red flag. Now, that's when everybody gets put into the pit lane. You can't go anywhere. But here's, here's the catcher of a red flag. Teams can still work on their car. You can change the tires. You can fix your car. If you were in a crash and the red flag is called, you can actually fix your car as long as, as, long as you're done by the time it's, yeah. So yeah. if you do a free pit stop and change your tires to a different compound as that you counts. have to do within a race, that counts as your pit stop. That counts. Now, so the, one that. Thing, cool. the one thing that's very important to note is that last year, Silverstone last year, your car has to make it back to the pit lane under its own power for you to still be in the race if you mm-hmm. crash. You can work on that car as long as it makes it back underneath its own power, which is why George was disqualified. Not disqualified. Because he, he got DNF'd. out of the car and the marshals got out of the car. Like, he got out of the car to make sure that Joe was okay. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert if you have not seen it. Sorry, listeners. He got <laughs> out of the car to make sure that Joe was okay. And because he had to turn off the car, because these cars do not have parking brakes, as we learned in <laughs> Austria last year. Yep. He dis- he basically DNFs himself. He could have gotten back under his own power, yep. but he's had to stop the car. So he was taken out of the and race. And they loaded it onto the, the truck. And they loaded it onto the truck. So he was out of the race at that point. Now, if your car, like Esteban, can make it back to the pits under its own power. Limping. <laughs> limping. With a tire ring, you mm-hmm. can still be in the race. And we saw that in Azerbaijan this year, too, yeah. with both the times that Yuki lost his tire. <laughs> oh, so, um, he made it back to the pits on a wheel rim, mm-hmm. but he was still in the race. Yeah. Until they retired the car. To, yeah. Right, until they retired the car because it was in, unsafe as he crawled across the, the entire track like a crab. <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For those of you um, listening along, we're doing very convincing crab impressions. <laughs> yes. Um, and you can fix that car under red flag conditions and make it back out. Okay. I believe so, Sergio did that once. He actually yeah, destroyed his car and they that. built it back up and he was able to flag. compete. So if you, so say you take an incident like the Silverstone incident where, it, you know, the red flag happens like dead on the start of that race. Say you'd started that race on, we'll say the hards, the lovely white rim tires. You started that race on the hards and you do literally the first corner um, before the fl- the race is red flagged. Um, and then you go into the pits and you do um, like the mandatory pit stop in that moment and you change to a different compound. And then potentially you do a second pit stop later and you change to the same compound as the second one even though you literally did one corner slash one lap on the on a different tire does that still count it just has to be on the car for a small amount of racing distance i believe so and the reason i believe okay. so is because i don't believe in the, i can look this up i can look it up in a few minutes um but i believe in the sporting code it does not say anything about you completing a lap on said tires okay. you just have to use them in the race Okay, so say you did like literally that first corner on the hard and then you went medium, medium, that would still count because you'd used the hard. I'm pretty sure. I'm like, I'm like 90% sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense because I believe in the sporting regulations, last time I read them, it did not say anything about completing a lap on those tires. It just said that you must use them in race conditions. Fair enough. 
So what would have happened last weekend had Esteban Ocon not tried to take out uh, half of the paparazzi and pit on the last lap? Do you like take a place penalty? Do you take a time penalty? Do you get straight up disqualified? You get because I've heard very different. I was going to say I've heard different theories on this. It it depends. I think. Um, I believe because obviously they were waiting for a safety car because then they would have got like the cheaper free pit stop. Didn't happen. Gets to the last lap. Esteban Ocon and Nico Hulkenberg like both need to pit on this like last few laps um, because I'm guessing if they hadn't disqualification not that they're in the points anyway but I'm guessing you don't want to just get disqualified from a race um, yeah I don't think that would be the smartest idea no no it wouldn't um, give us the tea Hannah so we're going to go to Quora because <laughs> it's the that. only one that I'm seeing that's, you know, got a straightforward answer, if it alone. This Google is Google Chrome, please. Um, also, I like how a Ferrari uh, mechanic made it back on my uh, For You page uh, recently. Guido's really? back. Yeah. Guido's back. My He's sister. got a Guido tattoo. He's got a Guido yeah. tattoo. So, Force is known as Guido. Um, yeah, since we were talking about pet stops, you know, mechanics, fun stuff. Uh, he made it back on my For You page because my sister-in-law, he ended up on my sister-in-law's For You page randomly. And I'm just like, hmm, if this is what it takes for people around me to get, at least know what F1 is, I'll take it. I'll take yeah. it. Have you seen the videos of the Formula One drivers doing pit stops? No, I have not. So there was one, there was a Red Bull one, I think, at the beginning of this year or end of last year of Max doing a red bull tire change and then there was one like literally today of um esteban oh, that, oh, and pierre Gasly doing a nascar tire change well, i thought i saw um, and like they're heavy they're I really heavy they have to do like warm-ups and workouts yeah you've seen them waluigi I, I saw, yeah i'm like um, this is very tall and awkward we have long limbs also he yeah but He's a green. That's the thing. Would there be advantages to being short and being a pit stop mechanic because you can get to the tire easily, more easily? I know we should. Like I'm always so impressed how quickly they do that. Yeah, I would not be able. I'm like, I can't. I'm like, I can be the one that like drops a little thing and pulls it up. Oh my gosh, my coordination's too bad to do it. I I, I cannot do like the wheels. Like I understand that, like. Maybe you the know, jack I can probably do one the jack. is an individual sport. Like I understand that it's like a lot about the drivers, and obviously people make such a huge deal out of the drivers and like their skills. And I'm not knocking any of that, but it is like such a team sport. Mm-hmm. Like I know you've got like constructors and things like that, but like even just the amount of like you've got the strategists, you've got the like race engineers who are like talking to the other one person who communicates with the driver throughout the race. You've got like the pit crews, you've got like the mechanics, you've got all of these people like playing a role and it's like such a team thing. Um, and I really love that about it um, because I think all too often you get too much focus just on the one person behind the wheel and yeah. they wouldn't be where they were if they didn't yeah, have a team. And maybe in Charlotte Claire's case, they would be in a better place <laughs> without their team sometimes. Girl. Right. Do we have an answer on our uh, disqualification? Of- Okay. Kind of. I don't know. It doesn't give you a straightforward answer. It kind of says that I'm going to assume it means disqualification for now because mm-hmm. according to Formulapedia, a time penalty is not enough. Mm-hmm. And it, it just be says, fair. right, because they might gain more advantages by not pitting at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
from the 20 odd 20 to 30 seconds that it would cost for a pit stop you'd have to give like a one minute time penalty and then as well just do a straight up disqualification right so and basically it literally just says fortunately for us no driver will attempt to complete a um a race without doing a pit stop and a tire change because the penalty is so harsh all right who wants to take one from the team and find out (laughs) (laughs) who wants to do it somebody just take it under the bus like just go do it well i think we found we almost found out a couple of times yeah Yeah. i think that's why it's because he would have been disqualified we there was a point where the commentate the commentators were like is he he gonna bit um but anyway okay i think that's probably most of on pit stops do either of you have any other things on pit stops that you don't know that you want to ask i have a question that maybe no one will know the answer to and we can all google it together how many people are in a pit stop crew because like you've got like two per tire you've got the guy at the front the guy at the back so that's 10 so that's a that's a good question so it's actually three per tire so that's 12. Three per tire. Three per tire. And then you have your two, you, your front person, and then your back person, and back your back jacks. jacks. So that's so that's 14. 14. Now here's the fun one. Ready? And then most you've got the guy at the front that weighs the stick. Most, if not all teams, their pit stop, pit stop crew is the same as their engineering team. I know. I, I remember, remember hearing people. that. And I think that's fantastic. <laughs> so a lot of women are now on those pit stop teams. Oh, yes, hell yeah. Well. Love that. Because they're getting more women engineers. Not all mm-hmm. of them, but there are some women now in there. Oh, hell yeah. I remember watching, like, a, I think it must have been McLaren or Williams doing, like, their pit stop crew warm-up. Um, because, like, obviously, it's, like, incredibly physical. Like, mm-hmm. the tyres are not light, the speed at which you need to be doing things. So they, like, had, like, a full workout like warm-up and stuff and i was like how oh, can i get that amazing job? i bet like nobody thinks like engineer oh yeah i've got to like work out and stuff like that but actually like it's an incredibly physically demanding side of it like you say because the engineers end up also being the pit stop crew how do right. i get that job to be the person that comes up with those training programs and then it's like no oh my gosh injured? <laughs> let me help you let me make, make sure you don't get injured please so we reckon 15 people but yeah 15 i guess yeah. 14 yeah. 15. Wow. Yeah. Solid. It's a lot of people. And they always wear their helmets and full mm-hmm. like race suits, don't they? They have well, everything race. that they wear. So I know like McLaren's a good one to point out because they're and, and Mercedes, they have different uniforms depending on who they are. So mm-hmm. the oh. tire people have for Mercedes, I want to say they're black onesies. Okay. And then the Jack people have the Patronus blue. <gasps> Cute. Yeah. Correct if I'm wrong. It does have, like the drivers, it has their nationality and their last name or their first name, depending on what, nice. the, what the team picks. Oh, nice. that's really cute. That's really like, I think that's like so inclusive. I really like that. It gives them more of a team feel. Like, definitely. There's well, definitely like we were just saying, it's a team it, sport. But I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Maybe for medical purposes. Mm-hmm. Probably. Maybe. Maybe that would, uh, would make sense, or if like something happens on the track and you need to account for everyone, it makes it easier. Because I know that like it's gonna get really gruesome really fast. Um, the the reason they put the name on the belt is for body recovery. Oh yeah, I mean that makes sense. Like 
it's sad but i know ellie i i had to say it's a part of the facts i mean it's so <laughs> no, sad but like it, it makes just, sense it does make sense um okay we what we did else did we say we were going to cover we said we were going to cover the points the, like a rough sketch of the race calendar and we said we were going to cover points so let's do points first because we're talking about finishing we're talking about the racing um on a normal race weekend again leaving sprints for its own separate episode particularly given all the changes recently how many people score points top 10 Woo. okay what's the then- breakdown between the point I, I know 10 gets one but what's like is it like 10 so, points for the top or so it goes this is i had to literally memorize like i memorized this and it was i had to look it up so many times before i actually memorized it it is i want to say i'm just gonna double check too because i don't even trust myself on this one okay it's let really me have okay whilst you're double checking you can you can fact check me i can okay. definitely do top three so p1 gets 25 points right P2 gets 18 points. P3 gets 15 points. I then want to say P4 gets 12. P5, 10. Mm-hmm. P6, 8. P7, 6. Yep. And then 4, 2, 1. No. Oh, okay. Uh, Did I miss one? So 6 would yes, be... Yes, you missed one. Only uh, one, which is, which is, which I'll give you because it's, it's really weird. It's really strange. It goes, okay. so you're right, it's P1 gets 25, P2 gets 18, P3 gets 15, P4 gets 12, and it goes, and then from there on, it goes 10, 8, 6, 5, 2, 1. What? No 4. No 4. Don't That's ask so me why. bizarre. What is the so, so then, you, so the people that get those points are both the driver oh, wait, individually I lied. It, is for where they it is four hang on a second the, okay. the race okay. that i'm looking at russell got the fastest lap and he also ended in and this is what i was okay. going to say fastest lap yeah so is a it is it is four i thought it was okay. four but i was like that would, it would make so much less sense for it, it would be very f1 at... if it was five though yeah, I, yeah honestly be. honestly you're right so you're right you got it all right and i was like i'm looking at this i was like that looks really strange but i also didn't <laughs> think that russell got the fastest lap in Azerbaijan. Yeah. Was it, I I was was like, it no, so he did because he pitted for those softs right at the end. Right. Um, so the driver gets those points, but also the team gets those points because there's two championships. There's the driver's championships or the WDC, the World Drivers Championships, and then there's the WCC, the no constructor championship. Yeah, world constructor championship. World construction. I was like, where's the W come from? Um <laughs> and then, like you mentioned, fastest lap points. So you have fastest what's, lap the, points. what's the caveat about the fast? What's the conditions on the fastest lap? How does that work? They have to be a point scoring car. So it's like if Yuki in P15 was to get it, he wouldn't get the point, right? Right. It becomes but, like but if he points. was in T10, he, he would, would get, get it. it because basically you can add it to your existing points, but you can't have it as a standalone point. Interesting. So you could use it to take, so in the first race of the season, um, the Joe got it. Hmm? Well, no, Joe got it in the first race of oh, the he season did. because he, Pierre Gasly had it, who was in P8, and Alfa Romeo clearly saw that there was going to be like a long-term competition with probably Alpine. Um, and so they were like, we're going to take it so that he doesn't get it, and we don't get it, but he doesn't get it. So oh, like, you, you okay. can do it, do it like that. So there can be some strategy to yeah. um, 
getting the fastest lap, but George took it this weekend. And because he was point scoring in P8, um, he got the point as well. And I feel like this is something really important to point out is that the fastest lap point makes things interesting, especially towards the end of the season. Like 2021 season got so interesting when it came to strategy because mm-hmm. they were playing for that fastest lap point and you just kept seeing Mercedes, sac- sacri- not sacrificing, but kind of sacrificing their second driver yep. in a third pit stop to get that fastest lap. Just so that the, someone just else so didn't that get it. Or Mercedes, just Come so the other one didn't. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And so the the difference between the two championships, as I understand it, is drivers' championship is purely that driver. That's typically the one that everyone remembers. Like every Lewis Hamilton has seven world drivers' championships, like etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But the constructors' championship is super interesting because it's so much more about money. So actually, the teams really want to do well in the constructors, not because they want to throw their drivers under the bus, but they would far rather their drivers work together as a team to do what's best for the team than they would be like favor one driver too excessively because the constructor championship is so important for funding and for money um, and for like development time as well. Although the better you do, the less development you get. Anyway, how does um, points for the constructors work? So, like, do they get points for like where each driver finishes, or like both of them finishing, or like? So, whatever the driver gets, mm-hmm. the constructor the also gets. gets the exact same points. So, oh, okay, but okay, it's okay. but it's two cars going into that competitor instead mm-hmm. of just the one. Okay, so like, so like that's why gets... Red Bull basically have already won the constructors championship is because they, they get basically got one. They basically had one twos most of the year, okay. and so they've basically had the top two sets of points pretty much every race as a constructor as well. Okay, um, because they get yeah they get both drivers um, amount of points. Um, so last year I think was one of the the seasons where the points were won by the biggest deficit mm-hmm. um or like the biggest gap to like p2 and stuff like that so that was a super interesting season although i think some of seb's red bull years were incredibly dominant as well where he was winning a, a huge proportion of the races and therefore a huge proportion of the points um well when did they do we do i'm gonna i'm gonna google when they changed the point system the point system used to be very different um <laughs> yes so when you hear somebody talk about points adjusted for modern point system, but they're talking mm-hmm. about an old race, that's because the old races used to have different point system. Interesting. It'd be interesting to have that change because obviously we have the most, moving on to like race numbers and we'll can touch back to points. We have the most number of races this year that we've ever had mm-hmm. um, in that we have 23 we races. There was supposed more. to be 24 and they're talking about having a 30 race weekend calendar where would you put that many races uh probably a lot of them in the middle east or the u.s no but i'm talking about like in terms of schedule because like oh exactly if you've still got to have summer break you're probably starting the calendar more like february than march and finish so you would have to start it earlier right and finish later or just have a lot less gaps in between like you'd have multiple triple headers and things like that so um interestingly like if you go back to even like the 2010s and stuff like that there's a lot less races and so some of the stats of like max winning 15 races i think last year it was um in comparison to someone like seb who won 13 in 2013 or something like that proportionally Mm -hmm. seb only had 17 races so he won a greater percentage of those and don't quote me on these figures and like i'm not 
trying to throw any shade on Max. I'm just saying that because we're starting to see such an increase in the number of races, you're starting to see records getting broken and statistics changing. And that only probably is exacerbated by what you're saying about like when the modern point system changed. Like you can't always just like straight I mean, compare to history. <laughs> it's like every other sport, like baseball and hockey and stuff, or like even the NFL, like for like people in the US, it's like there are more games. It's like and right. because of the advances in athletics and stuff, it's like if you look at pitching and like ERAs and like stuff like that, it's like, oh, well, yeah, I've ERA to someone this year compared to Fernando Venezuela. It's like you're going to have it's like it's like you adjust it to whatever it is, because obviously things have changed. So it's like obviously I feel like it's obvious that like when talking about like history and F1 and max max's domination it's like yes you have this but it's like you have to adjust for these other things as well or at least like include them in it it's like it's not making mm-hmm. many, it's not making anything max has done less or is gonna do less no. like, here's perspective of like what other like what michael schumacher had to do with with less races and he still did all of this yeah. you know so according to racefans.net the point system changed in 2010 now it's not the first okay, time it's so- changed it's not the first time it changed. The first time, so originally back all the way in 1950, it was the top five hey. scored points, and that was it. Okay. And then it changed to top six, and then it changed to top six was in, and it was eight points in 1950 that you that you won. So it was eight, six, four, three, two. Wow, the top five. Um, you get 25 now. Yeah, Actually, 1960 all the top six scored. It was eight. Six, four, three, two, one. 1961, nine points for a win instead of eight, but it was still top six. And then 1991, 10 points for a win, top six. 10, six, four, three, two, one. Mm. And then 2003, points go down to eighth place. So now it's just like if we were in a sprint race this year. Yeah. And then in 2010, it changed to 25 for a win all the way down to the 10th who gets one point Mm. interesting so most of so that's because seb won his first championship in 2010 right yes yes jensen was 2009 it's interesting that for his entire right it was a point system whereas lewis's first championship was 2008 yeah so his first championship would have been based on a different point system that's so interesting yeah not that, like, like you say, it's not that we're devaluing any of the championships in the slightest. Yeah, it's, just, it's just so interesting, isn't it? To, it's wild to think about, like, at least, like, Bryce for me, it's like Seb, Fernando, and Lewis have been through so much, like, I guess, reiterations of F1 in terms of, like, point system, but also, like, cars, mm-hmm. regulations and stuff. You're right. V10s, V8s, V12s. Don't ask me for the difference of that. I just know it, it happened. <laughs> and it's just, like, interesting. Like, I wonder how they would yeah. feel if you were to sit and ask them, like, how either it's impacted it in a negative or positive way like these things you've experienced for each type of regulation or like mm. how they see what, what they've done especially for like Seb and Lewis yeah well Fernando would have won both his championships in uh under old point system yeah mm-hmm. and probably well almost definitely under older cars um so yeah very very interesting Okay, we've probably got time for like maybe one or two more questions. Do either of you have any burning questions on anything we've talked about today? Like tyres, pit stops, points, calendar. We can touch on the calendar briefly. We've kind of said there's 23 races. There's 23 races this year. 
Um, there was supposed to be 24. Um, unfortunately, China got canceled this year due to their COVID restrictions still being a little too strict um, for the time frame that we would have had to have the race in due mm-hmm. to Azerbaijan moving forward because of Le Mans 100 year. Um, usually, Baku <laughs> takes place in early June this year mm-hmm. because it normally takes place around the same time as the Le Mans 24 hour. They moved yep. it forward due to the FIA not wanting any other racing events being on that weekend Maybe. to honor the race. So, are the races grouped geographically? They no. were supposed to be. <laughs> It would make so much more sense. Like even I, as a very new fan, I'm like, so why are we going? First race, Baku. Exactly. It's like the hokey cokey. It makes no sense. One, like in terms of like being eco friendly, it's like what the hell. But also, like anyone who's traveling with the team and their bodies and just like the jet lag and like just like from like not from like that perspective as someone who like works in athletics and like I've traveled with some teams and like. Even just driving, like flying from the west, like the western part of the United States to the Midwest, I was like, I hated it. And I wasn't playing. I was just there to make sure everyone was okay. Or it's like bus and or like for our very long bus rides we had to take. It's like we're take we're busy, not flying. Imagine these people crossing all these time zones and like very different time zones as well. It's not like they're here for a little bit. It's like what four days in not even four days in between races we have to be to a very different time zone as well it's like right yes <laughs> yeah and i think some lot. of it is due to contracts um where like someone like abu dhabi they have the contract to be the last race of the season that's like right. the big shtick like it's it's super fancy there's others that are contracted for certain times of year due to seasonal things um, so I think Australia is a seasonal one. I think Canada's a seasonal one in that it just wouldn't be good enough. Miami's a seasonal be... one. Yeah, that's a treat. Miami's um, a seasonal one. Um, Monaco is set to be, it has to, I believe, last time I read about their contract, it has to be that weekend. That's right before Cairns. Which, well, and so, th- I mean, that's less of a climate-based reason. That's more of a, you know. Yeah. Um, well, they're also in, in the yeah. F1 round. They're also, so they get say. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's like some of it is to do with the um, restrictions placed by the circuits themselves. Some of it is is climate, like the certain countries you wouldn't want to be going to too much hotter than they already are. Mm-hmm. Um, because like places like Singapore, particularly, I think Barcelona last year was, it was like, it was a May race, but it was 34 degrees. Like you wouldn't want to be going any closer to summer and risking sort of like your really, really hot temperatures, mm-hmm. um, both because of the racing conditions and fan conditions. Um, so some of it is around that, but they have said that they would like to move to a more ecologically friendly and geographical um race timetable but realistically probably can't start to do that until 2030 which is obviously seven years away so um a lot can change in that time but you know they're talking about adding more race races to the calendar um i think it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out i think for now 23 feels plenty although we've just had a three-week break and we're all like where's the f1 gone um but that was obviously because uh china didn't end up happening which is really sad um so yeah, I think we're heading into we're in between at the moment. We're in between Baku and Miami. So we've got a double header, then a week off, and then I think a triple header. Yes. Um, so then we've got plenty to look forward to. Um, I think that is the only triple header of this year, though, unless there's one in September. No, I believe I there's one later on, but I could be wrong. 
Um, uh, yeah, I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, but, you know, there's plenty going on. There's a pretty packed race week. And so obviously we've had like a what we've called spring break. They legally, I think, according to like the most sport regulations, have to take two weeks off in summer. Um, or like all the factories have to shut down mm-hmm. and they have to have a summer break at that point. So the last race is usually last weekend of July and then you have a break until spa, which is usually the last weekend of August. Um, so we've got to have a break then. And then usually the calendar's done by middle of November. Yeah. Um, Except for in COVID where they ended mid-December. Yeah. yeah, because it obviously didn't get going <laughs> until mid-May. Um, I think it was in May or something like that. I don't remember. I just know it didn't start in March. Um, so, yeah, so on the whole, that's when your race calendar takes place. We then get a nice little break from November through to testing at the end of February. Um, the shakedown right at the start of the year. Um, anything else to say on calendar? I don't think so. I think that it's important to kind of be to kind of point out that the spring break is not normally a thing that we have. No. Nope. Um, that being said, it might become a normal thing if we have so many races because they're going to mm-hmm. need um mm-hmm. two two breaks where there's no work for cost reasons the yeah. reason aside from legal and and traditions in european workplace environments which is where you usually take august off is what i've been told by multiple yeah. people um it's for reasons of cost yeah. The for for FIA makes it so they cannot work on those cars or they can't literally no one can be in the office for those two weeks. Mm-hmm. So for cost, for health, for tradition, whatever you call it, they cannot do that. And because the race calendar is getting bigger, I would not be surprised if we got another break like that at the beginning of the year. A lot of the teams seem to think it was really beneficial, like particularly given so many regulation changes over the last few years. Um, it's they, they were saying that actually to have like a few weeks to be able to like have done a few races and be able to put some of the stuff that they've learned into practice and make some of the changes was really, really beneficial for them. Both like McLaren and Alpine both said that. So I think it'd be interesting to see how it, it develops going forward. Okay. Yeah, I think so too. Cool. I think that's about all we've got time for today. Um, the only thing I was going to ask just before we go is, do you guys have a favorite track? What race is it that like you see it's coming up and you're like, yes, this is going to be good racing. This is going to be good things. Like, I appreciate you maybe have not seen a race at every single track yet so far, unless you've caught up on them. But do you have a track where you're like, oh, everybody seems super hyped for this. I'm super hyped for this. Any favorites? I, I mean... I haven't seen all the tracks yet, but I guess I'm just biased towards Silverstone just because that was like the first time I actually sat down and like watched it and like all that. Sure. So I'm excited for that one. And then like if I had to say like, here's my bucket list of things I would want to experience. Going to Silverstone for a race would be one of them. And I think it's because it was like all oh, those connections to it. So for right now, I'm going to say Silverstone. It might change. Who knows? Love that. Hannah? I have two, mm-hmm. two favorite tracks um for the one is for the history and just the outcome and one is for the actual track now the history and the outcome is Monza I love Monza it always has an interesting right. race there's always we've always had a different the Monza, curse. Winner. the Monza curse the you know always having a different winner you know I don't it just it's always been just so there's so many first time winners too. Seb won his first race there. Pierre yep. won his first race there. Yep. 
part of me wants Lando to win his first race there. Like, Can you imagine? I want McLaren to come out of their like they're like he nearly did. They, I need it. Like can you can you imagine? Lando but I also but my, but my Ferrari fan in me wants Charles to also win in front of the Tifosi again. You know, sort of things like that. And then my favorite track for the track itself is Coda. Mm. Yeah. I'm excited to see Coda. Like I'm pumped for that one. Because no, that's no, the nice. only U.S. race that we have that's actually meant for racing. Yeah. Sorry, Miami and Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, mine would probably have to be Interlagos, so Brazil, because it's just such a good race. Like it's always a good. I mean, the sprint race last year was just it was a good weekend. Um, and I think a lot of the drivers really love it there too, and it it kind of shows. Um that it's one of their favorites too um so yeah cool well thanks y'all for listening you made it through two episodes you've hopefully learned as much about f1 as we all know uh-huh. <laughs> um anything either of you want to say no i think no. we're thank you for sticking with us for this long and i hope that you know we've kept you interested and you know you're gonna come back for episode three because we're gonna make it and we're gonna have fun with it and if you have any questions, please, you know, send us a message either on Instagram or, you know, TikTok. We do have those socials set up um, and we'll definitely put those up um, as soon as, you know, we put out episodes. Yeah. And we'll try to answer so, them yeah. on the pod. We will. We'll try and answer all your questions. Um, and if we think of questions, we'll do a little Q&A at some point of random questions. Um, but until the next time we'll see you later bye 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 thank you so much for listening if you've got any questions on anything we discussed today or there are topics you'd love to learn about with us in the future then we would love to hear from you you can get in touch on instagram at pretty girl f1 club and on twitter at pgf1c or follow us on tiktok at pgf1c see you soon